All right. So let's pray again. Lord Jesus, we give you honor. We glorify your holy and Father. Lord, we thank you today, God, because, Lord, you have a plan for each and every one of us, God. We thank you, Jehovah God, because, Lord, you know us, Lord, that the word says, Lord, that you knew us even before we were born, Lord. And so, Jehovah God, even this moment, O King of glory, God, as we hear your word, O God, as we consecrate ourselves to you, God, as we, we seek you, O King of glory, God, you've already gone before us, O God. And I pray, King of glory, God, that you will give us our comfort, Father, knowing that anything that we face today, God, anything that we faced yesterday, anything that we face in the future, God, that you still know us, O God. So I pray, God, that you may speak boldly tonight, O God, that you may speak to your people, O King of glory, God. I pray that you may move me out of the way completely, O King of glory, Jesus, so Jehovah God, you can speak into people's heart, Lord. Father, we praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are continuing with the book of uh, Acts 28, 7, 5, 7 to 15. And if you haven't listened, if you missed any of the Acts, go back and listen online. Uh, Deacon Marcus preached an amazing message last week. And so keep listening and so then you can be caught up. So my message today is on Interrupted. I titled my message Interrupted. Um, and so... By a show of hand, how many people feel interrupted right now? So five of you. Okay, let me ask that again. <laughs> By show of hand, how many people feel interrupted right now? Pretty much right now with the coronavirus, everybody is interrupted some way, somehow. We are interrupted how we hang out, how we eat, how we sleep, how we even like cough in public. Because this moment you cough, somebody's going to like look at you different. You can even have allergies right now. There's so much, so many things that have interrupted us. And so we have realized what that looks like being interrupted. And as, I, as we talk about interruption today, I want us to look at somebody who was constantly interrupted in the Bible. And nobody else knows interruption more than Paul. Because from the moment that Paul was interrupted on his way to, to go persecute Christian. Paul's life continued to be interrupted in different ways. Let's look at chapter 28, 7, 15. In that region, there was an estate of a leading citizen of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius laid sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed and laid hands, hands on him and helped and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those who in the island who had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways. And when they departed, they provided such things as they were necessary. After the three months, uh, we sailed in an Alexandria ship which, whose figurehead was the twin brothers, which had been uh, wintered at the island. And... Uh, landing at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. From there, we circled around to reach Regium, and after one day, the south wind blew, and the next day, we came to Putol, Putiol, which were, um, where we found brethren and uh, were invited to stay, at the seven, uh, to stay with them seven days. And so we went uh, towards Rome. And from there, when the uh, brethren heard about us, they came to meet us, and they came to meet us as far as happy forum and three in uh, when Paul saw them he thanked God and he took courage so up to this point 
we have seen Paul going to Rome. God had said that Paul was going to go to Rome. And even though he's faced a lot of things, we've seen him, you know, on the ship that they set sail, they were, they were shipwrecked. But even before they were shipwrecked, Paul had already told them and said, you know, we, we, we're going to go, we're going to go. Uh, Paul had already told them in part of the, part of, uh, the ship they were going through. Paul had told them that they were going to have trouble. Uh, part of the Bible says, man, I believe there will be trouble ahead, shipwreck, lo- loss of cargo and danger, but they didn't listen. So up to this point, let's see what has been going on. Paul had already been promised that by, by an angel that he was still going to go to Rome. So even though he's facing all these things, he knows and he has the assurance in him that, they, that he will still get to Rome. Even as they went through uh, in the, as, as they were in the ocean, Paul had already told the men that, hey, listen, we should probably wait instead of sailing out because I know that we're going to be shipwrecked. But they did not listen to him. The ship gets in a crazy weather and then, you know, they, they, they get shipwrecked. Paul still assures them and tells them, hey, I know that we, we you know, think the, the weather is going crazy, but I know that we are still going to be okay. However, we're going to be losing some stuff and even the ship is going to be crushed. And so... That's what happens. They continue, and then the ship is crushed. The, soldier, uh, the soldiers want to kill the prisoners as soon as they get to the shore. But then one of uh, the Roman soldiers says, no, we, can't, we are not going to kill them because, again, God had already said to Paul that he was going to make it to Rome. So regardless of what was happening, God promises to stay true. And then they get to the island, and then the natives receive them, and they show them uh, initial kindness. But in the process of them coming in, Paul is interrupted again. He's beaten by a poisonous snake, but he doesn't die. The natives look at him and they're like, what's going on? This person must be evil, but then nothing happens to Paul. And so at the end, they think that Paul is God. And then also during that time, the chief, who was, uh, the chief of the island throws a party for them for three days. But in the process, even after, the, after that, uh, Paul's, uh, the chief's uh, Publius, Publius dad, he, he gets sick, and Paul is there to pray for him and get him killed, so the power of God is seen. Then people see that, and all the sick people come in, and they are healed. They are healed. So Paul and the crews were there for three months, and then when they are about to leave, they were provided with everything. Paul sails to Rome, and he's welcomed by the believers. See, when I read this, I see somebody who held on to what God has said. I see somebody who, no matter what happened to them, no matter the situation that were going on, no matter the storms that were happening, I see somebody that held on to what God was saying. And God was still faithful. And I know that I can identify by saying there are so many times in our life that we are interrupted by so many things. We are interrupted by so many things because if you look at this journey where God has said, Paul, you're going to add up to this place. But then we expect all that to be very smooth. But Paul is interrupted, but he doesn't lose, he doesn't lose faith. He doesn't lose the focus. God has spoken his promises a thousand times and said, it doesn't matter what's going to happen to us here. Bible says that a thousand may fall on our side, 10,000 by the right side, but nothing will come near us. But the storm sometimes look really, really crazy. Like now with the coronavirus, it's so easy for us to literally go out there and see how things are going, how bad things are, but yet we forget what God has said. 
literally one of the things that I see during this time is we can choose how we respond to what we are seeing. We can either look at and see that the Bible is coming alive. Because last year when I read and the Bible said that a thousand may fall on my side, but I'm not going to be touched. I thought that was just a reading. But right now, if you watch the news, you see how many thousand have fallen, but yet we stand. This is showing us that those promises that God has already spoken, that those promises are here and true. See, sometimes we have to remind ourselves to hold on to God's promises. Yes, we've seen job losses. Yes, we've seen things go wrong. Yes, we've seen a lot of things. And same thing with Paul. There were so many things that were going on, but he still held on to the promises. Sometimes right now when you think about it, we don't know what tomorrow holds. There are people who've lost their jobs. There are people who've lost their homes. There are people who, who are, who've lost their loved ones. Everything looks like it's so scary. And some of these interruptions, what it looks like, I wonder whether we're going to end up having been like Paul, that something good comes out of it, or are we going to start keep looking at those things? I hope and I, that we, today we can look at some things that will give us hope. My first point is this, the setup. Folks, God is in the business of setting us up. Yes. Psalms 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. See, Paul gets there. He's not lost at sea, no matter what happened. So there were prisoners and people in the ship. And Paul tells them that, hey, we are going to get there. And he tells them exactly what's going to happen. And during this time, people, the first time they won't listen to him, but when he told them to throw away the cargo and all that stuff, they ended up listening to him. And in the process of it, I'm sure because it's Paul, he didn't say, hey, I have an intuition. He probably, he, he mostly, I surely say that, let me tell you what my God is telling you. And this was the first setup that God did for him. He showed the people that were in the ship with him that Paul was a servant of God and he was listening to God. God had given the word to Paul. And so no matter what happened, Paul was still true. And then Paul gets on the, um, on the island and the very first thing that happens to Paul is he gets beaten by a snake. Talk about being interrupted. So you've been going through all these, so many, the Bible says that they, there were days when they didn't have any sun or moon because it was so bad. But at the end of the day, when he gets there, when he thinks everything is done, there is another interruption when you think everything is done and he's beaten by a snake. And it's so easy for us to look in our own eyes and see that, man, one disaster of the other. I think I was watching the news yesterday and I, I saw in the middle of the coronavirus, everything that's going on, there's people who have tornadoes and have all these things happening. So there's something addition to that. But some of these things, like this second part, was a second setup because now the native got to see Paul not be harmed by the snake. They got to see the power of Christ. That's why, because they couldn't identify what it was, they were saying, you are not an evil man, but you are God. Yeah. Right? So that was a second setup. See, this was the doorway for the native to listen to Paul. Because if he showed that he, he, God showed that he had power, and so anything that he said, people would listen. There's a saying that says, change the way you look at things, and the things you look change. Change the way you look at things, and the things you look at change. Because in situations where 
we who trust God, we, the things that we face, we have a choice. We have a choice to look and see, God, you're walking through this like you've already said. God, you're walking through this like the promises that you've had. Or we can make our situation bigger that we don't get to see God. And then the third setup was this. In the process of that, the chief, the chief, the guy, the chief, the, the, the biggest dude, in the, the most senior dude in the island, he throws a party for them, and then his dad gets sick. And I don't know about you guys, but if you go to a place where you really want to have people listen to you, or you want fame, or you want you know, to be known as somebody, most people is you're going to try to rub shoulders with the big people there. You're going to try to rub shoulders with the people who have authority. So because once they have authority, then you have access to anywhere you want to go. And so that exactly what happened to Paul here is there was another setup where now he gets to do a favor per se for the chief. He gets to heal his dad. That another setup that God is doing. And then after that, it opened up for all the people that were sick in the island to come and, and be able to be healed. See, when I look at this, I wonder, all these things, was it part of an interruption or was it God really setting Paul to be able to speak to these people of the island? So in those, after those three months, their lives can be changed and the gospel of God can continue. Yes. And if we look at it that way, what do you think about the opportunities right now? Is this coronavirus to us an interruption or God is, can use it and will use it for us to be interrupted and something to be set up? <clears throat> do you see an interruption or do you see an opportunity when you look at your life right now? See, I think about um, David when he was a young man out there um, tending sheep and, 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 and doing what his dad had asked him. So David is out there, <clears throat> he's doing what he needs to do, a day in, day out, and he's being a good kid, he's doing what his dad asked him to do. But the Bible says that in the process of that, uh, in, first, in the process of that, there was an interruption as he was doing that. There were bears and lions that would attack the sheep. So David's out there just doing what he's supposed to do. He's being obedient. Like most of us, we are going through our life. We are doing the things that we need to do. We are walking in our life the way, um, just as normal. But then there was interruption. Bears and lions would come and attack him. First Samuel 17, 34, that he says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when the lion, the bear came and took the lamb out of, out of took lamb uh, out of the flock. I went after it and stuck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by the bear and stuck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And these uncircumcised Pharisees will, will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the army of God. Folks, think about this. When David was fighting lions and bear, he did know that this, whatever this looked like an interruption, he didn't know that it was a perfect setup for him to be able to fight Goliath. He didn't. David wasn't out there thinking, okay, here comes the bear. I'm going to beat up this bear. I'm going to beat up this lion. And guess what? Before long, this is my practice period to be able to be king and a loved one. See, some of us are being prepared in this season to fight our future Goliath. 
But yet we are taking the moment to focus so much on what's going on in our life, in our little circle, instead of opening our eyes and saying, you know what, Lord? You say everything was good for those who love you. I know that you're going to do something with this. What if we miss that moment for us where we are being trained to fight the future Goliath? God will go to any extent to make sure that none be lost. He will use every situation he can because we, he, we are his children. You are loved tonight. God loves you and he's changing everything for you. He will change the cause of the wind to direct you to someone, to someone or something that God needs you to do. Because you think about Paul, God would have stopped the wind. He would have stopped the storm. But he knew that he was directing him to the right place in order for him to go and affect those people. My second point is this. What is your response to interruption? Acts 27, 20, 26 says, Now when neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that, that we would be saved was finally given up. After a long uh, abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and you should, have, you, should have, you should not have sailed from Crete and incurred the disaster and the loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For, this, for there stood by me uh, at night an angel of God whom I, whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you, you and all who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as I told you. However, we must run against a certain island. See, the Bible right here says many days they battled the storm. There was darkness all over. Just like there is so much darkness in, in, in the whole world right now. Many weeks they battled, they battled, and many weeks we've been battling the coronavirus and all the things and, and all these things that are going on. They didn't eat, all hope was running out. Think about it right now. It's kind of those parallel. Have you seen how many people are going to the food banks? Lines and lines are of cars just going to the food bank looking. There is no hope. But here comes Paul in the middle of the chaos, and he says, guess what? An angel came to me. And gave me hope. And when you think about it, Paul was not on the ship screaming that we're going to die. He was not on the ship saying, hey, let's get out. He was not. Well, Paul, the reason why he said an angel of God came to him because I believe that it was a response to Paul's prayer. That during this time when there was chaos and all these things going around, Paul was on his knees praying and seeking God. And I wonder if we have the same attitude when we are going through this stuff. Instead of shouting and saying, have you seen the numbers? Have you seen what's going on? Are we, are we taking a moment and saying, I am on my knees praying and asking God, what, are you, what do you have for your people? What if we were so busy looking at other stuff instead of listening to what God is saying so we can deliver hope like, God, like Paul delivered hope to those people? He, he came out with a word of hope. He says, do not be afraid. And this evening I'm saying do not be afraid because God, who his word is true. Are you frantic like the rest of the crews or are you like Paul praying and waiting to see what God is going to do with this interruption? Are you frantic like the rest of the crew, or are you like Paul, praying and waiting to see what God is going to do with this interruption? Amen. What is your response tonight? You know, I was thinking about my life. 
And most of you know that I was born in Kenya. But most of you don't know that I was, I was born to a single mom. I was born to a single mom, and, and I was thinking about that, and I'm like, in a real-life scenario, a perfect scenario, you have a dad and mom and a family, and, and so to me, that could have been, that I can term as an interruption as soon as I was born. There was interruption, my lifestyle was going to be different. But in the middle of that, what happened is I got raised by my grandmother, and my grandmother was one of the strongest Christians I've ever met in my life. I remember her when I was a little kid. We wouldn't have food or something or whatever. And she would say, don't worry about it. We're just going to pray. We're just going to pray. And then it'll be two or three days and I'll be like, Grandma, what's going on? She's like, yeah, God answered. And so I grew up knowing that. And so what looked like an interruption for my life ended up being the most amazing setup that God has ever done. Because my faith is hedged today because of what my grandma told me. She taught me to love Christ, to have a relationship with him. And I fast forward, I look at when I went back to, when I went to school uh, in Kenya, we went to boarding school and I gave my life to Christ when I was 14. But then something happened. There was a big interruption at 15 and I fell away. And for the next 16 years, I was just going on with my life without interruption. Just doing everything that was out there in the world. And I wish I couldn't remember half of the stuff that I did. And back in California, I ended up in California a couple of years ago, a uh, few years ago. And 2009, the economy hit bad, just like we are right now with all the things that are going. People are losing jobs and stuff. And uh, at that time, I had already started putting my life back together. And I was going to go to, um, uh, to graduate school and do accounting. But the economy came in, and I, Eva, and my, Eva and myself, we both lost our job. That was such a major interruption for us. And I remember for about six months, we are sitting there trying to apply for jobs. Our money is running out. All these things are going on. And, and we woke up one day and we were saying, we are going to Seattle. We had never been to Seattle ever. We looked for an apartment online. We drove to Seattle. And the plan was as soon as we get to Seattle and everything gets better, we can drive back to California. <laughs> Little did we know that moving to Washington was the best setup that God could have ever done. This evening I stand here as one of your pastors because that moment at sea when things were so changing back and forth, God was ordering our steps here so then we can be able to serve him. So what looks so much like an interruption, what looks so much like Paul in the ship when everything was moving back and forth became the greatest thing in my life today that I can testify. So even in this corona moment, this can be the best setup. My question again is, how are you going to respond? My third and last point is this. The greatest, the greatest and the best interruption of all time. Newsflash, you are a sinner and you've always been a sinner. You are destined for death. But Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of God's glory. We were destined for death and there is no hope at all. But then... Jesus burst into the scene and he's healing, doing miracles, teaching people, doing all these amazing things. The Jews have been waiting for a Messiah for a long, long time. And so they are excited that Jesus is there. He's going to liberate them from the Roman Empire. He's going to liberate them from all these things that are crazy. So one week, 
They are hailing him as a king on a donkey. But then a huge interruption the following, the following, the following week, they are crucifying him and saying that, hey, let's crucify him. The Bible says that when they crucified Jesus, darkness fell. There was darkness. The ground shook, rock split, the tomb opened. It looked like there was no hope. And if you ask me, that was a huge interruption to what people are hoping and the whole world was hoping. But this was the perfect divine, divine interruption. Jesus died and then on the third day he rose. So what looked like a huge interruption was the best setup for mankind up to this moment. Praise God that death and sin was interrupted forever. That right now we can come to Christ we can be able to, to pray. We can be able to give our life to Christ. We can have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Praise God that our lives was changed because of that moment. So today, as, as I come close to ending, I'm going to ask you today. I started by asking you how many people have been interrupted and feel like this time is an interruption. I'm going to ask you again. When we examine the evidence of what happened with Paul, it looked like an interruption, but it was a setup. Are you allowing God to set you up? Or are you going to continue carrying this as an interruption? Allow God to interrupt your life today. Allow him to, to lead you. Allow him to carry you. Allow him to do what he needs to do because he created you and he has a plan for you. Let's all pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We welcome your interruption, O King of Glory, Father. I know, God, you've slowed us for a reason in this time, O Lord. So, Jehovah God, we can go back to the things that are important, O King of Glory, God. I thank you, Jehovah God, because you died on the cross for us, Lord. That even though that moment it looked like everything was gone and, and, and you are dead, Lord. It looked like every hope was gone, O God. Father, you came back and you gave us life. And you give us a priceless gift, oh God. And I pray tonight, if you haven't given your life to Christ, if you do not know Christ, I ask you that you may consider walking with Christ. Should as a message, we'll call you and we'll, we'll, we'll pray with you so that you can get to have this hope that when you look at what's going on in the world right now, that you don't look at it, you don't look at it with, with, the, with the eyes of the world but you let Christ help you look and see the hope that, that's, that's beyond us. Lord, we praise you and ask you that you may keep your people, that you may bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a good night and tune in on Sunday.